Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here's your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very, very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy for me to be here with you, as we are so blessed every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to share this time together, uh, live at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, again, uh, telling the the truth, I'm not live today. I'm pre-recording a little earlier today uh, because I had an appointment this afternoon, so um, but on this day, following Election Day, this November 4th, 2020, um, phew, man, we're all still uh, just waiting, right, at this point, um, and praying. Pray, pray, pray. You know, we the, the prayer we pray, and we're going to pray it again today for the United States of America, asking Our Lady, under the title of the Immaculate Conception, to take this wonderful, beautiful country of ours into her immaculate hands and presented to the Holy Trinity to protect us from all evil, all danger, all harm. And, uh, you know, just we see a lot going on. So, uh, you know, it's interesting, too, because what I'm going to share with you today, um, our Holy Father earlier in Rome <clears throat> today for his general audience, uh, his topic, his theme was prayer. Uh, consistent prayer strengthens us in times of tribulation. So I don't know if the Holy Father specifically addressed this uh, topic because of what we're experiencing here in the U.S., but through divine providence and the prompting of the Holy Spirit, it certainly is very timely. So I'll share that with you. Then I I want to go, you know, I I was praying about it earlier today, where to go from there. You know, we're all still kind of... uh, you know, people are anxious, nervous, upset, confused, uh, impatient, maybe. But one of my favorite um, scripture chapters is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, uh, chapter 12. So I thought we would just, second half of the program, pray some of this from, which should give us great comfort, should give us great comfort, the Word of God. So I'm happy you're here, my friends, again, uh, because we are not live uh, uh, today. Uh, there is no video. It's all audio today only. No video today since we are not live. Um, as I said, I have an appointment this afternoon that I, I uh, had to keep, and I so I had to pre-record just a couple hours earlier. So um, we are here together. This is God's time anyway, right? So let's all come together uh, wherever and however you are listening uh, to unite our hearts and minds as the mystical body of Christ, and raise these prayer intentions up to our Heavenly Father. Today, again, we're continuing to pray for our country. I think we all knew, kind of, deep down, maybe we didn't want to admit it, that it would come to this uh, interesting um, situation. And, you know, we have to pray for integrity. We have to pray for truth. Uh, We have to—here's an example. Before we begin our prayer, I'll tell you. Yesterday, when Cheryl and I went to vote— 
you know, and I said, uh, I, when I walked into the polling place, we stood online for about 35 minutes, finally got to the inside of the building, and, and uh, the young lady sitting there at the register, uh, with the register, registered voters, the book of registered voters, and, and she said, your name? I said, Manfredonia, and she looked up, she said, Anthony or James? <laughs> I said, James. Uh, Anthony's still on the the voting rolls. <laughs> so, I mean, it would have been very easy, since they're not asking for ID, to go back a second time later that night. And, uh, of course, we would never do that. I just, it's, just you know, it would be, that would be sinful. You just don't do that. But, uh, phew, man, you see what's going on. Anyway, we'll pray. Let's begin, my brothers and sisters, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in heaven, who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters. Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse. God the Son, who chose Mary as your mother. In union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme, eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present our country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. Have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of the nation. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our mother, patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. And as our Holy Father asked us, we will pray the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel and also the beautiful uh, ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother, the Subtum Presidium prayer. And the Holy Father asked us to pray these prayers every single day with the specific intention to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And we add to that the intention to protect our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my friends, I thank you for praying, and we're going to keep praying. I know so many of you out there, you know, there, there, were, there are, were, and are, I'm sure still, so many prayers being prayed right now for our country and this election, which is still undecided, and it looks like it's going to be undecided for a while. 
Um, but there's such great power in prayer. And there's, you know, and as I'm going to share with you uh, from, first of all, our Holy Father's general audience from earlier today in Rome, where he talked about praying. And we start our time together every day here in prayer. Uh, I know you all, st- you pray during the day, you pray, I'm sure, in your own special way, your own favorite prayers. I love uh, praying morning prayer, even daytime prayer. Now I'm getting into here at the radio station to take those uh, special hours during the day to go in and spend some time with the Lord in, in our beautiful little chapel where he is reserved in the tabernacle and pray. And not just the morning prayer, but even some daytime prayer as time allows. And then, of course, evening prayer before I leave for the day. Uh, I just my, That's my favorite prayer. I know the rosary for so many of you is your favorite prayer, praying the, the many mysteries. We go to our favorite saints for their powerful intercession. Uh, it, it, and this is the beauty of our faith, you know, that we have this uh, realization that we're not alone, that we're here together, even though you and I are separated by many, many, many miles in some cases, you know, uh, I can be right here in your living room or in your car or your kitchen, wherever you listen to the program, uh, and we can be together in prayer. You know, we're, I think back over the course of this year, which is still not over yet, and who knows what else is coming down the pike, but my goodness, what a year this has been. But I got to tell you, I'm so uh, um, humbled by the wonderful little notes uh, you, our family of listeners and viewers, write when you send in your donations to thank us. And again, we're just the instruments, so we thank God for the opportunity to be here that especially in those darkest days of the pandemic back in the spring when church doors were being shut and locked and you couldn't even get into your church, you couldn't even get in, uh, to, you couldn't attend in person a live mass and receive the Lord in, in the Eucharist. So many of you have expressed then and, and since then to us how grateful you are that we're here. You know, I, I got to tell you, I, I've, you know, I, I've been watching a lot of the news programs over these past many months now leading up to the election. But when the election is over, when it's finally decided, I'm done with that. <clears throat> I'm done with that. And I know so many of you are as well. Look for a, 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 another place to go on your radio, to listen to something that is going to bring you comfort and bring you peace and help you to understand that all the troubles of the world can't stop us. You know, I was reading something last night on, on, uh, I think it was from Jim and Joy Pinto, who said, you know, no matter how this election ends, Jesus is still Lord. God is still in control. None of that changes, no matter what the election results are. Oh, listen, uh, there may be different ways that we're going to have to live in this country if, if certain uh, individuals are, are elected and, and policies passed. But Jesus is still Lord. God is still in control. And we need to be at peace and rest at peace in that, that knowledge of, of 
Christ's lordship. And Jesus walks with us every step of the way. And we need to just relax in that and be at peace in that and not allow the world and the things of the world to disturb our peace. We have to pray regularly and often, and especially now, pray for our country. Pray for this election, that the results that are finalized, when they are finalized, however that's done, that they are within the holy will of Almighty God. And as I said, I don't know how, when, where, and what manner I do believe the Lord is going to have to intervene in all of this. And he will, I believe. So we'll keep praying. And we'll keep uh, rejoicing in Christ's lordship over the world and us. And that God is in control. Nothing happens without God allowing it. So we need to be at peace at that, with that information, with that realization. Now, this morning in Rome, our Holy Father, and I don't think it was uh, because these general audiences are planned in advance, but I think Holy Father's words this morning really apply to us here in this country that consistent prayer strengthens us in times of tribulation. Well, we're certainly going through some type of tribulation now in our country with all the uncertainty and the, the accusations of dishonesty and, and all the things that are being said. But Holy Father Pope Francis this morning said, Jesus teaches us that we must be consistent in our prayer. He said the uh, prayer is, as, an, as an art must be practiced insistently. He said we are all capable of sporadic prayer, which arise from a momentary emotion, but Jesus educates us in another type of prayer, the one that knows a discipline, an exercise, assumed with a rule of life. You know, the beautiful thing is that we learn these prayers in the course of our life. You know, I remember uh, teaching our children when they were little. You know, you first teach them how to make the sign of the cross, then you might teach them the guardian angel prayer or the Hail Mary and then you get into praying other, we used to pray spontaneous prayers at night together. It was one of my favorite times, you know, when my kids were little and when we, we, they were first born and, and growing up, when they were toddlers in our first little home we had here um, after we got married. And you know, when Sherlock first got married, we, we right away moved out to Arizona and lived there for three years. That's where our, our first baby was born. Our oldest son was born out there. And we missed family and came back east. You know, when you when you move from west to east, the housing prices uh, are a bit of a sticker shock here. When you first come back here after having been out in the desert southwest, the housing prices at that those years were very, very, very low, very reasonable. So we got a little modest home here in Bucks County. And our children, when they were all three of them, you know, two toddlers and an infant, they were all in the same room. Uh, for that initial time in the house, they all, you know, had a couple bunk beds for the boys. And uh, anyway, we, we had them there. And I, I used to love at night when they were all going to sleep, we'd, we'd all just kind of gather in that room and say our prayers. And sometimes they would have questions about God or they'd ask questions about angels and those wonderful little innocent, uh, simple conversations. And then that hopefully grows, is nurtured throughout our lives, and we learn prayers. The church gives us all the wonderful prayers that we pray, 
We also learn how to pray spontaneously. As Holy Father said, you know, that it's an art. Praying is an art. And he said we're all capable of those sporadic prayers which arise from a momentary emotion. But Jesus educates us in another type of prayer, the one that knows a discipline, an exercise assumed within a rule of life. Pope Francis said, consistent prayer produces progressive transformation, makes us strong in times of tribulation, gives us the grace to be supported by him who loves us and always protects us. This wonderful, and you know, I, I remember when my, my dad, God rest his soul, in his last few months, in fact, there was one time he was in the hospital um, in his last uh, last month or two of his, his life uh, before he went back to the nursing home. And there were a couple times we thought that he was being called home and he was on his way out and we'd be in the hospital gathered around his bed and he was kind of semi-conscious uh, and my siblings and I, we were praying the rosary. And I remember my father's eyes were closed, but he, he obviously heard us praying the rosary and I could see his mouth uh, praying the words. He, these prayers that he had memorized as a, as a little child on what at that time we thought was his deathbed, he's praying them because they're still there. They're ingrained. You know, we have those wonderful uh, prayers, the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Glory Bees, and we pray them. And and, and it's a beautiful thing about our church and about the prayers that we, we learn. But again, as we grow, we, we nurture our prayer life. And, and Holy Father reminded us this morning that consistent prayer produces what he said is progressive transformation, making us strong in times of tribulation. Well, right now, don't we all feel helpless? You know, we wish that the election had gone the way we had hoped it had gone. And right now, nothing has happened. It's all up in the air. There's been no decision. They have to count votes. And then there's the the suspicion of, 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 of possible fraud, if that's the case, or so we're all, we, we've, but we're not, we're, we're not helpless. We have the power of prayer right here. And Holy Father says that, we, that when we do pray consistently, it makes us strong in these times of tribulation. It gives us the grace to be supported by our Lord who loves us and always protects us. To uh, create a, a, a routine of prayer in our life. And again, today, sadly, the Holy Father had been giving public general audiences. Now he's back addressing pilgrims via live stream. And he, he said, unfortunately, we've had to return to holding this audience in the library to defend ourselves against the contagion from COVID. But he said, this also teaches us that we must be very attentive to the prescriptions of the authorities, both political authorities and health authorities, to defend ourselves against the pandemic. And he said, let us offer to the Lord the distance between us for the good of all. And let us think, let us think a lot about the sick, those who are already marginalized when they enter the hospital. Let us think of the doctors and nurses, volunteers, the many people who work with the sick at this time. They risk their lives, but they do so out of love, love of neighbor as a vocation. Let's pray for them. You know, over there in Europe, and especially in Italy, again, they're having... 
just these enormous uh, spikes in COVID. But the Holy Father reminds us that prayer is such a powerful, powerful weapon that we have at our disposal in these times. And he reminded us this morning that Jesus' public life was sustained by solitary prayer. How many times in Scripture do we read Jesus went off to pray? Pope Francis says, There is therefore a secret in Jesus' life hidden from the human eyes, which is the fulcrum of everything else. Jesus' prayer is a mysterious reality of which we might, uh, of which we have a slight intuition, but which allows us to interpret his entire mission from the right perspective. He recalled uh, from Mark 1, uh, an episode in the town of Capernaum, when Jesus spent an evening healing the sick. In the morning, he rose early and withdrew to a deserted place to pray. And we should do that, you know, my friends. We should make that part of our routine. Have a special place in your home where you can withdraw to that deserted place that is your special prayer place to pray, to, to communicate with God. You know, one of the, and I say this again in, 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 in all humility, one of the, not one of, the greatest gift that the Lord has given me in this apostolic work, and there have been many uh, gifts that have the Lord has given me in these 25 years that I've been doing this, but the greatest gift that the Lord has given me in this apostolic work is the gift of himself in his real presence here in our building. You know, I only live about 20 minutes away uh, from the radio station because we're over here in Mercer County in in the uh, Ewing area, and I live over in Bucks County, but right across the river. So it only takes me about 20 minutes to get over here. uh, you know, most weeks I'm here seven days a week. I just have stuff to do, got to get stuff done. But I also love coming over here and just spending time with the Lord in the chapel, this deserted place that I can go to and pray. I love that contemplative prayer. I love to be able to sit in this beautiful little chapel in the Lord's presence and just contemplate our awesome God, and all the many great gifts that he's given us and the great work that he's asked us to do in this work. But every one of us should have opportunity to to go to a deserted place, as the Lord did so often, to pray. And you can do that in your own home. You know, and, and the Holy Father points out again, he's referring to Mark 1, when, his, when the disciples found Jesus, they said, everyone is looking for you, to which Jesus replied, Let us go to the nearby villages that I may preach there also. For this purpose I have come. And the Holy Father said, prayer was the rudder that guides Jesus' course. It was not success. It was not consensus. It was not the seductive phrase, everyone is searching for you, that dictated the stages of his mission, Pope Francis said. Uh, He said that Jesus' example revealed four essential characteristics of Christian prayer. First, Jesus shows that prayer must come before all else. 
The Holy Father said, first and foremost, it possesses primacy. It is the first desire of the day, something that is practiced at dawn before the world awakens. It restores a soul to that which otherwise would be without breath. A day lived without prayer, Pope Francis said, risks being transformed into a bothersome or, te- or tedious experience. All of that happens to us. All that happens to us could turn into a, a badly endured and blind fate. He said, when we put prayer first, daily trials turn into opportunities to grow in faith and charity. Prayer has the power to transform into good what in life would otherwise be condemnation. Prayer has the power to open the mind and broaden the heart to a great horizon. And second, the Holy Father said, Jesus shows the importance of persistence in prayer. Third, he prayed in solitude, indicating that we should also retreat daily to deserted places to pray. There, in silence, many voices can emerge that we hide in our innermost selves, the most repressed desires, the truths that we insist on suffocating, and so on. And above all, silence, I'm sorry, above all, in silence, God speaks. Every person needs a space for him or herself to be able to cultivate the inner life, Pope Francis said, where actions find meaning without the inner life, we become superficial, agitated, and anxious. How anxiety harms us, he said. This is why we must go to pray. Without an inner life, we flee from reality, and we also flee from ourselves. We are men and women always on the run. This is why it's so important right now. Anybody who's feeling anxious about the current situation in this country, Cheryl was telling me this morning at breakfast how she kept waking up last night and, and wondering who won, who won, and, it was, and it's disturbing her. We just have to be at peace. Be at peace. And finally, Holy Father said, uh, Fourth, Jesus shows us that prayer enables us to see our dependence on God. Sometimes we human beings believe that we are the masters of everything, Pope Francis said. Or on the contrary, we lose all self-esteem. We go from one side to another. Prayer helps us to find the right dimension in our relationship with God, our Father, and with all creation. And he said, Dear brothers and sisters, let us rediscover Jesus Christ as a teacher of prayer in the gospel and place ourselves in his school. I assure you that we will find peace and joy there. So right now, we know we have so many brothers and sisters praying. So many of you have been praying. You know, I mentioned yesterday there was a, uh, last night at, up at St. Magdalene's, uh, Cheryl, there was a mass, and then there was a, a patriotic rosary, and then an all-night uh, vigil before the Blessed Sacrament, people in front of the Blessed Sacrament all night last night praying. Our good friend Father Jeff Kegley had uh, 24-hour adoration for the nation at St. Mary's. And I know so many of you regularly are praying. You know, we sent out over we sent out five thousand of those prayer cards with the prayer for the United States, and what that meant to so many people. So many prayers being prayed, and they're still being prayed. So, don't lose heart. You know, don't become anxious. Continue with the strength of your prayer, and the Lord, who is the Lord of all, and God, who is in control will take care of what he needs to take care of. As we said, you know, we pray that whatever the election results are, and we prayed this before yesterday, we pray today, 
that they are results that are in accordance with the holy will of Almighty God. That the the man who was in uh, elected to be in the White House uh, and all the other individuals who were elected into those positions are the people that God wants there right now. Keep praying. And we're going to come back and go to St. Paul's letter to the Romans, uh, chapter 12, one of my favorite of, uh, chapters in Scripture. So stay where you are, my friends. More to come on Come to Me. did not start the church. The church started the Gospels. The church did not come out of the Gospels. It was the Gospels that came out of the church. The church preceded the New Testament, not the New Testament, the church. Men did not believe in the resurrection because the Gospel said there was a resurrection. The Gospel writers wrote down the story of the crucifixion, for example, and the resurrection because they believed it. Now in like manner. The church did not come to believe in the virgin birth because the Gospels tell us there is a virgin birth. It was because the living word of God in his mystical body, the church already believed it. And they set it down in the Gospels. Listen to Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen every Sunday morning at 7.30, right here where you are family, Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Hello, brothers and sisters. This is Sister Anne Shields speaking to you from Food for the Journey, a program that is heard on Domestic Church Radio Monday through Friday at 6.30 a.m. I want to encourage you to listen to that program, not because I'm doing it, but because I speak of the scripture readings for the day, and the Word of God is what gives us life. Brothers and sisters, today we need life. What have you done for your marriage today? I gave my wife a hug this morning. I told her I love her. Instead of sitting on the couch, I helped clean up. I cooked my husband's uh, favorite breakfast. I sent my husband a love email. What have I done for my marriage today? It's a good question. I gave her a call and say, thinking of her and the kids. I uh, did her hair this morning. I think it looks pretty good. <laughs> We're going to the museums as a family. What have I done for my marriage today? I made my wife coffee and breakfast this morning. It's going to be her birthday next week, so I've been spending time today making arrangements to make that extra special. Oh, we're spending the day together. I bought her an orchid. <laughs> Hassan was able to let me sleep in by taking him care of him in the morning. I read the newspaper to my wife, and it cracked her up. She's, but she's still laughing. <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? Small changes can make a world of difference. Get started at foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church. Do you want to end abortion? Halt the attack on traditional marriage and ensure religious freedom for ourselves and for our grandchildren? To do this, we must convert the culture. St. Paul's Street Evangelization is a grassroots initiative that recognizes this need and takes it to the streets. If you're interested in peacefully sharing the gospel in your area, visit streetevangelization.com to learn more. We want to invite you to pray the rosary with us. The rosary is many things, but perhaps the best way to think about the rosary is to think about it as a spiritual place, as an invisible chapel that you can enter into even in a busy time of life. 
Pray the Holy Rosary with Father Benedict Groeschel, mornings at 9.30, right here on Domestic Church Radio. Hi, I'm Mike Walsh, co-host of Talking Catholic. Every week, our show will bring you in-depth interviews with the hardworking people doing the Lord's work in parishes, schools, and ministries. Our increasingly secularized world often makes it easy to forget that we are surrounded by wonderful workers in the vineyard. On Talking Catholic, we will bring you their perspectives on how we can better serve God and our neighbors. Tune in to Talking Catholic on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Mondays at 4 p.m. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the Gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations. on this November 4th, 2020, the day after Election Day, and nothing is decided. Uh, so we're going to keep praying, pray, 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 and uh, that's the best we can do. This is the best weapon we have. And as Holy Father said, it, it carries us through these times of tribulation. It gives us great, great strength. So uh, We're going to go to St. Paul's letter to the Romans in just a moment, but before we do that, I just want to remind you again, here we are, uh, November 4th, and just about a month from now, uh, four weeks from now, December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, we are going to have our Radiothon 2020. As you know, we we didn't have it in the spring as we usually do. And as I've shared with you, that uh, that created a very, very large financial strain on the apostolate because each year our Radiothon, which we hold in the spring, uh, is... Um, responsible for about 40 to 45 percent of our annual operating budget. Well, we don't have those funds. Obviously, it becomes an issue. So we are going to have the Radiothon December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Bruce Tobacco and I will be here. Cheryl will be here. And and uh, it's not going to be um, as crowded in this building as it usually is during Radiothon. We're going to have our volunteers, most of them, off-site taking your phone calls. You'll call the regular number and everything, but your call will be answered by one of our volunteers uh, off-site so we don't have so many people in the building because of the COVID situation. But we're going to count on you, depend on you to fund this apostolate. That's how it's done. I mean, I wish there were another way. I wish I had a a million-dollar endowment in the bank from which I could draw when needed, but I don't have that. We need you, my brothers and sisters. So I'm asking you, please, pray Pray, pray how the Lord would like you to support this work. So it's December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. And we're going to do what we always do. We don't, we're not going to preempt every program. 
We're going to weave in and out of our regular broadcast day and just share with you um, what our needs are. I will tell you this. We've had some very generous souls who stepped forward last spring in preparation for the Radiothon before the COVID thing, but they stepped forward, and these are still good pledges, who have pledged in matching gifts $56,000, which means the first $56,000 raised in the Radiothon will be doubled dollar for dollar. So as we begin our Radiothon... Uh, in December, those three days, December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, the first $56,000 will automatically be doubled. So I just ask you, please, pray. Pray for us and, 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 and consider supporting us. I know many of you, it's this time of year, usually that your financial advisors, for those of you who have the capacity uh, to make um, substantial charitable donations at the end of the year, um, won't you please consider making Domestic Church Media a recipient of that, of your generosity? It, just, it would be a big, big help. We, we really, really need you. We have had to dip in uh, to some uh, funds that, uh, you know, we we're, just, we're just really right now strained. So please pray for us, and when we have the Radiothon, participate in the Radiothon and help us and be generous. Because we, I saw one of our, you might recall, if you, if you have been with us for a while, you know, up until about maybe four or five years ago, we used to bring up from EWTN our friend Dave Vacheris and Tom Price would come up and help us with the Radiothon. Dave Vacheris has since left EWTN. He's now uh, heading at a, a, radio, a Catholic radio apostolate and EWTN affiliate out in the Midwest. And uh, they just had their, share, what they call a share-a-thon uh, last week, I believe, or a week and two weeks ago. And they raised in the Midwest two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in their uh, three or four day shareathon. Boy, would that be a big help for us? We could raise two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. As I said, the first fifty six will be doubled. So right away, if we can if we can match that, we're going to have a hundred and uh, <laughs> hundred and twelve. Is that what comes out to one hundred twelve thousand dollars? And that would be a nice start. So pray about that. And, and 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 consider consider being generous to this work, especially you know as I've said, so many of you have written to us and let us know what an important role this apostolate has been playing in your life, especially throughout this pandemic. That we've been here for you, and we're here for you because of you. We can't do this alone. We can't do it without you. Uh, right now, as I speak, we have our engineers over in the transmitter room uh, installing the new transmitter. That if you, again, have been with us, uh, our transmitter, our 30-year-old transmitter was uh, struck by lightning uh, back in June when that Direco storm came through and it destroyed it. So we had to get a new one. Uh, insurance covered about three-quarters of the cost to replace it, but because of depreciation, they didn't cover the whole thing, which means we owe $11,000 on this new transmitter. The transmitter is being installed, and I, I, they're gonna, the, the manufacturers are going to send me the bill. So just pray about that. We need this apostolate. We need to keep growing, keep reaching more and more people every day. And we can only do that with you. So December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, mark your calendar. Start planning. Those of you who have the capacity to make uh, substantial gifts, go to your financial planner, see what you can do this year, end of year 
uh, charitable giving and, and, and consider making Domestic Church Media a recipient of that. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. All right, so uh, let's do this. We're going to go to St. Paul's Letter to the Romans, chapter 12. You know, and as I said earlier, we're all still kind of in not, not shock. You know, I was up till 3 o'clock in the morning last night watching the, the results, um, getting very frustrated. And then, of course, when the candidates came out and, and the president came out and, and had his uh, uh, little briefing there, um, and said that these states had stopped counting votes and kind of shutting down. I, I don't, I don't understand that. But anyway, time for bed. But I had to get up early this morning. <laughs> I had another appointment this morning, so I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. And and I too, I, you know, you wish the whole thing w- 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 was over, and it was over in the way you wanted to end. Again, our prayer should always be, God's will be done, right? But in all of this, as I said earlier. And as I read, uh, I think it was, a, it was a, po- a Facebook posting by Jim and Joy Pinto that no matter what happens, Jesus is Lord and God is in control. So let's go to St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 12. He wrote, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may prove what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. That, again, you know, there are so many uh, scripture quotes that should be emblazoned on our heart. But this exhortation by St. Paul, do not be conformed to this world. You see, that's when we start to feel (laughs) helpless because we can't control this world. The world is under the uh, direction of the prince of this world. We know who he is. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may prove what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. That wonderful striving for sanctification, for holiness. It's the call that all of us have. Every single one of us. We are called to be holy. And all that goes on around us in this world should not disturb that. St. Paul wrote, For by the grace given to me, I bid everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith which God has assigned him. For as in one body we have many members, and all the members do not have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in serving, he who teaches in his teaching, 
he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who contributes in liberality, he who gives aid with zeal, he who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. All these wonderful gifts, my brothers and sisters, that we have, the beautiful body of Christ, this one body with many members, and all the members not having the same function, and all the members do not have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. You know, we don't have them anymore. I, I, we, we really used to enjoy. You know, we tried it a couple years back when we first got started, back in, in 2011, 2012. Uh, there was a time there where each year we rented the um, arena here in Trenton. And I can't think of the, the name of it now, but it was, <laughs> oh, this, it was, then it was the Sunbank Arena. Now it's called something else. I sat about maybe, what, 15,000 people. And we tried it a couple of years in a row. I, I always envisioned gathering the people of God into this building for a day. And through speakers and music and, and, and liturgy at the end, to just have in that building the body of Christ and rejoicing in our faith. And second year, we did it a second time, but we just weren't getting the kind of response. And I, what bothered me was that uh, the gentleman who was in charge of renting the arena to us, a very nice young man, was telling me that every summer, and I don't know if they still do this or not, but in those days, every summer, the Jehovah's Witnesses would have an entire weekend there in the arena and would fill it. And I thought, if the Jehovah's Witnesses can fill that arena for three days, can't we get an arena filled with Catholics for one, for one day just to come together and, and rejoice? Because we need that, especially because now who knows if that'll ever happen again, considering all the restrictions we have on, on public gatherings. Maybe we missed, missed the time. And I pray one day we'll be able to do it again. But with, with virtual uh, attendance, you know, people are becoming so used to Zooming and FaceTiming, and there's nothing interpersonal there. But you, we need that. And I think that's what a lot of people miss even at our masses now because we're so restricted by the numbers of people and how close you can sit uh, to someone else and no, no uh, acknowledgement. It, it just, it, it's, it's just not natural for us. We're social people. And when it comes to the body of Christ and the many members of this beautiful body, of Christ that we 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 not being together is a very very um, disturbing way of 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 running things. I think Saint Paul then says in his letter to the Romans, chapter twelve, verse nine. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Never flag in zeal. Be aglow with the Spirit. Serve the Lord. And then I love this. Rejoice in your hope. Be patient in tribulation. 
be constant in prayer. It's, it's, almost, it's, it's, it's almost a circular exhortation where one leads to the next. In other words, if you rejoice in your hope, you have hope for, for, for something good, something better, you're asked at times then to be patient in your tribulation while you rejoice in that hope. And you're constantly in prayer, which leads you back to hope. And if we live our life that way, where we regularly rejoice in the hope that we have, and we're, we're patient in the tribulations that come our way in this life, because they will. It, it requires us to be constant in prayer, as, as Holy Father was teaching this morning at the general audience, that consistency in prayer helps us through those times of tribulation. And then St. Paul said, contribute to the, de- to the needs of the saints. Practice hospitality. We're coming to a time every year, right around this time, the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, where you, people are uh, more generous. They're, they're more aware of the needs of their brothers and sisters. The desire to give, to contribute, to support. St. Paul said, bless those who persecute, persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another, do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly, never be conceited, repay no one for evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends upon you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. He is thirsty, give him drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals upon his head. (laughs) I always loved that particular verse. Be nice. Basically, be nice to your enemy, because he won't know how to handle it. It'll be heaping heavy coals on his head. Why are you being so nice to me? I'm your enemy. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You know, we tend in those situations of life where we may have felt wronged, we may have been the target of someone's wrath, someone's hatred, someone who wanted to be vengeful, someone who wanted to take us down (laughs) in one way or another. And the first reaction, well, for me, it's always been, oh, yeah, push me, I'll push back twice as hard. And I've had to overcome that in the course of my life, to resist that. That's not what the Lord teaches us. We're not asked to become um, punching bags, you know, and, and take it all the time and uh, but we are called to not return evil for evil. And we may have that, that tendency now. You know, we've become so polarized as a nation, so polarized in our church, that there are, are, are sides to every issue that 
are hard-lined and there's no there's no in between you know and i i was thinking to myself last night as i was watching the election results again no results yet but no definitive results but looking at, at that and and saying you know if the person that i want to become president the person for whom i voted doesn't win i'll be disappointed very disappointed I might even be a little angry if I feel that it wasn't done on the up and up. But I'm not going to go out and break someone's storefront window and steal things from his store. I'm not going to go out and and harass people who uh, voted for the other guy. You, 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 you You have your basic moral principles by which you live and you say, well, that would not be right. We move on. The words of St. Paul in his letter to the Romans, chapter 12, are so appropriate for right now because we have to understand and realize that, again, as I said earlier, no matter what happens, no matter who the winner is or who the winners are, Jesus is still Lord. God is still in control. The world is not going to end. Anything that happens by his permissive will, God allows. Always, always to bring about a greater good. We have to believe that. We don't know the mind of God. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We, you know, the Lord sees everything in the present moment, so he knows. He already knows who has won this election. He already knows the consequences that may have one way or another and what may result from that because he sees all things as the present. So if he allows a certain way, a certain um, result, he's allowed it, he's permitted it, we have to accept it. So many prayers have been raised over the past number of months for this particular situation. We all love our country. We all want to live in prosperity, and, and, but under the basic Judeo-Christian principles upon which our country was founded. And if we feel that's being threatened in one way or another, then it becomes uh, uh, concerning, as it should be. And we have to do whatever it is we can do that's within our power, and we all have the power of prayer. So give it to the Lord in prayer, Uh, knowing that he, again, as Lord of all, we have nothing to worry about, nothing to fear, because God is in control. But I, I love this chapter uh, from St. Paul to the Romans, his letter to the Romans, uh, chapter 12, uh, beautiful, beautiful exhortation and advice and how to live and what is expected of us as members of the body of Christ. We must live that way as members of the body. Listen to the exhortation of Paul to the Romans, 
to not return evil for evil, to not seek vengeance. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. To not be conceited, to, uh, to, to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep, to live in harmony with one another. He doesn't say live in harmony with just those who think the way you do. <laughs> live in harmony with all people as best you can. You'll be at much more at peace. When I was growing up, I, I, I'm sure many of you uh, remember, there were very few fences between the homes, right? Is it that way in your neighborhood? My neighborhood, in fact, you would even cut through people's yards, backyards to get from one place to another to take a shortcut. There were no fences. Unless you had a pool, then you had to have a fence. And most people when I was growing up didn't have pools. But they didn't have fences either. When, when Cheryl and I first got married and moved out to Arizona, that was the first thing we noticed is that every house was surrounded by, uh, their backyards anyway, surrounded by fences, stockade fences. You couldn't see your neighbor. You couldn't converse with your neighbor unless it was over a fence or behind a fence. So we're building these fences that are preventing us from interacting, socializing, getting to know each other. Maybe that's part of the, the transformation, you know, that we, we find ourselves in. But anyway, I, w- I would suggest if, if you find yourself feeling down today or, or anxious or uncertain, just read the, Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 12. Great advice for each one of us and how to live and live in peace and live in harmony. All right, I'm going to go uh, tomorrow, Thursday. I will be back, God willing. I do pray, my brothers and sisters, that you have a wonderful rest of your day. And thank you for being a part of my day today. Enjoy this glorious day the Lord has blessed us with today, tomorrow, and over the weekend. It's going to be beautiful days. Uh, so let's do that. Let's pray for each other. Uh, my name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you.